Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly God, podcast. You sound like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Got the cold. Now, just, just your, your energy level, too. You're just... <laughs> playing like hard. Had, he's had a pint glass of NyQuil, and he's ready to... <laughs> Actually, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's uh, the podcast challenge. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Forrest Gump. This is a Forrest Gump minute where we do uh, we drink one glass of uh, Robitussin for every minute in Forrest Gump. Uh, this is minutes thirty-seven through forty, so we've now had uh, forty ounces of night of, of Tussin. I get Tussin, and uh, I'm currently my everything on my desk is moving, but I'm not touching it. Someone's got to fix this up. Fix me up. Run my voice through a filter. All right, minutes thirty-seven through forty. Um, this is actually the first time I think guys that we have like a full scene to talk about and really nothing else. There's this, uh, we have, uh, Jenny's stage debut and it, uh, ends with we, her hitching a we ride don't know with a stranger. That's, her debut. that's true. It's yeah. forced first time seeing her on the stage. Yeah. In fact, I think it's pretty clear. It's not her debut. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> cause Forrest, t- cause Forrest heard about it and then took the bus up to, to see yes. her. Yeah, so after her uh, her nudie pictures uh, from Nudie Magazine Day, <laughs> um, <laughs> she got kicked out of college. Uh, and now she's for... doing a duet with a big penguin on the stage <laughs> in Memphis. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he buses up to Memphis, and uh, let's talk about the first performer at this place, Amber Flame, guys. Amber <laughs> Flame. Um, Is that a play what? on like Amber Amber Waves? What's Amber that? Waves of Grain? Maybe I think it might just be because her hair was red. Yeah, it's a so- <laughs> solid name. Yep. Uh, what do you think her skill was? Because apparently I was, I was, this is I was about like to ask. Weird... Like, do you think that like no one else, like everyone, just comes out and does straight stripping, and like that's why they're all so mad at Jenny? They each yes! have to do a different variation of a vaudeville performance. So there's a magician. <laughs> uh, there's someone who does pratfalls nude. Yeah, which. Or- there's like an Al Jolson-esque number. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I wonder that, too, because when we watch Amber Flame walk off the stage, doesn't look like she's been playing any instruments. She's she's just picking Maybe up the- her clothes and walking off. I don't think she was doing any, you know, I don't think there was anything else to her act except dancing. You know, Jenny just picked a bad song because Amber Wave, she had the crowd going, man. She set them up. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to go on after Jenny. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Jenny comes out there. She's uh, introduced as Bobby Dylan. Uh, thoughts, guys, on the stage name? Mm-hmm. I get it. I, yep. <laughs> I get it too, uh, Joe. <laughs> uh, read the room, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that these. Uh, I don't think the people at Jack Ruby's nightclub are going to be into. Uh, uh, the, Gren- the, the Greenwich Village folk scene. <laughs> is this just an excuse to get Bob Dylan into the soundtrack in some, you know, some oblique way? Well, I know in the, he, in the is cheap he featured way. In any, is he featured in in any other? In the song? original soundtrack, "Rainy Day Woman" is on is on the soundtrack. Oh. I re- that yeah, was the first Bob Dylan song I ever like heard and liked as a child. And that was okay. yeah. the soundtrack. I wonder if because they only sang a little bit of it here, if they had to pay rights for it. I mean, obviously they weren't hindered by 
budgets for the soundtrack but yeah and uh and here she sings uh th- but this is like this is also Joan Baez right uh <laughs> say that again no I screwed it up listen I'm playing hurt Joe <laughs> that's you can't use that Joan Baez jo- Joan you. Baez <laughs> <laughs> Joan Bezo, the uh, mother of uh, the guy who runs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have it. Uh, I was song... just gonna say, like everyone and their mother covered this, so it probably was Joan Baez, but it was. I think originally it was, wasn't it? Well, or it was... no. Originally it was, Bo- yeah. Bobby it was Bobby. originally written by Dylan, but Peter Paul and Mary did it, and I want to say Joni. Like, if you look at the who covered it section of Wikipedia, there's like 50 people. Uh, do you know uh, which what all those performances have in common? Uh, What's that? Other than like? the song, they're boring. The song's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Joe doesn't I mean, like the Joe doesn't like the folkies. Uh, if I was if, if I was at Newport, I'd be just screaming like, "Plug it in!" Yeah, <laughs> I would be mad during the first set. I like this the boring. Song. I like this song. I don't. This is does, not the right time. Who sits down? For it. Uh, okay, I know there's sort of the desi- divide between like Electric Dylan and and you know those first few albums of folk Dylan. Who who sits around and listens to those folk albums? Who's listening to them? Uh, Recreationally, I mean, it's like. <laughs> I mean, like they they merely exist as like an artifact of uh, I, of that I mean, br- ma- time when Bob Dylan was like pretending to care about war and all that stuff before he was just like, <laughs> I'd rather do meth and just rock out for a while. Uh, wow, the gauntlet's been thrown down a couple times already. Yes, <laughs> uh, I like bringing I, it all back home. That's so. Is that yeah, but then he's he he's uh, like that's not nap time music. Like he's starting I, to like accelerate the pace. So I will say I in the you know the pre-electric folky albums there are songs I really like but I rarely want to listen to an entire album. Mm-hmm. Do you even want to like which song do you want to like it comes on and you'll listen to the whole thing? I mean like I'll listen to like Masters of War or um mm-hmm. Times uh, are changing. Times are changing. Um, you will? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't believe you. It's boring. People born get in the mad. Wind. I don't care. Born in the wind is what you think it is. <laughs> Blowing in the wind is my attention when uh, someone starts playing that song. <laughs> I don't like, like, this is not the time for her to bust out this song. That I agree <laughs> with. Like, And I will say, I do not condone the behavior of the men in the first row. Don't touch but, the girls. But... Hands but off. one guy does say, someone get her a harmonica, and that's legitimately funny. I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, they went to this place, you know, like, what do you, what do you just all of a sudden someone's up there, like, I'm just going to come out here with the guitar, I'll, block everything, and, and play agree. a boring song. It's a little self-indulgent of her. But, but yeah, is, there any, is there any better artist to cover if you are going to be self-indulgent? <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it could at least be a sexy song. <laughs> What's a yeah, sexy like, folk song by Bob Dylan? It doesn't have to be by Dylan. I'm just saying, like, you, literally anything would have been. All right, here's another. Cool. What's the sexiest Bob Dylan song? Oh boy. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the I don't think that's bed. What? Uh... My lay lady lay. Just because. Yeah, lay lady can, lay. At least What's... I can work that into dirty talk. Yep. What's yep, lay lady uh, lay. 
hated that Christmas album where the, <laughs> there's that song about. Uh, like, I never listened to that one, and I should be clear. Like I, I am a fan. I just like those first few albums. No, absolutely not. I, I mean, I'm overall a Dylan fan, but I also uh, generally don't like people who are super hardcore Dylan. Yeah, fans. like people that take him way too seriously. It's like, come on now. Uh, like Bobby Dylan over here, who uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so he, I have so many questions. I have a lot of Jenny questions here. Um, I do too, but mine okay. are. I'll, let's start with yours because it'll probably be funny. Well, okay, so did she show up with the guitar and they're just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I, that's what I'm wondering. Like, are they like we're not? It's a, it's a topless girls' place. Like, I, here's a question for you guys: Have you ever seen? A woman play guitar topless. Mm, <laughs> no, uh, no. Yeah, have you? Me neither. No, because okay. no one ever seeks. No one seeks that out. <laughs> like that is. You don't go here to be like, oh, hopefully someone comes out here and plays their guitar for us. And it's like that's just like a like what's happening, and and she starts playing. The guys start acting inappropriately. They like throw water on her. Um. She calls for help. Like, she's like, you know, Polly or whatever. Come yeah. out here. Forrest is like, oh, man. Mr. Ruby. Mr. To- Ruby. Get these <laughs> guys yeah. out of here. He was Forrest busy shooting Lee Harvey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ruby doesn't show up. But Forrest comes out there to, like, you know, help her out. And she's all mad at him. Well, I don't understand wi- anything. Women, that Jenny am does I right? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I. Well, she just wanted them kicked out, but she wanted to keep the show going. But no one wanted the show going except her. Well, Forrest well, probably. Go, but I'm explaining why she got mad. Like he came okay. up on stage and like carried her off. Forrest probably yeah. cost her the gig. Like she but, maybe could have salvaged it. Yeah, and she's probably embarrassed. She probably didn't want him there. Mm. Okay, there's another mm. question. Like. Does she write to him to tell him she got this? Yes. Like, how does he find out? Uh, I mean, they, she's. He says that. It never. I don't think it's ever stated that she told him. I guess I was under the impression that she wrote him letters and that he. I mean, he obviously had enough information to take yeah. a bus to Memphis and Good find point. the club. So let's just say she mentioned it, yeah. but he obviously didn't know what kind of. Yeah, she probably was just like, "Oh, would. I got." I got uh, a a job because those pictures singing in a club. I'm busking at a potbelly over lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, there's a Captain Kangaroo reference by these uh, by these guys. Do you remember that show, Captain Kangaroo? I mm-hmm. feel like that show was already kind of on its last zeitgeist legs for us, and so I wonder what how that goes over with younger people. I think we have those. to be the oldest people to know who Ka- Captain Kangaroo yep. is. It it was like just just waning, like when, yeah, it was. I feel like it, his his moment had run out, and we just got the end of it. Do you think there's any like Captain Kangaroo stands that are just pissed off about Fred Rogers? <laughs> that are just like, why does he get all the? Why does he get all the pub? Or like maybe like Bozo the Clown fans. Yeah, they're just like Captain Kangaroo was first, which I think is true. I don't let's, remember. Let's just say yes. <laughs> let's see if I. I hope there's a big Fred Rogers Captain Kangaroo internet beef somewhere. That's who all. should play Captain Kangaroo in the biopic. Oh uh, boy, um, it should be Danny McBride. 
<laughs> oh my yes? goodness. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was, I was just uh, trying to think of people with similar physique. Yeah, I was thinking Will Ferrell, but he's not big enough. Like he's not rotund yeah, enough. He, he needs he, to go on Zach that plan. Zach Galifianakis would be good too. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, here's here's how here's how little I I remember. Like, why was he called Captain Kangaroo? What was what was his uh, deal? I, I don't remember why. I, I love I love sometimes... how the theme the theme of this episode is let me Google that for you. <laughs> the, all I remember is there was like ping pong balls that would fall on him sometimes. That's all <laughs> I remember from Captain Kangaroo. That's it. That's all I remember in his hair. Terrible hair. He had yeah, he had a bowl cut. Yeah. Enough about Captain Kangaroo. One production note here. Robin Wright had a cold during the scene. Just like you. Uh yes, I did this for her. And it was a 24-hour shoot, so that was pretty difficult for her, I'm sure. Uh, and I think Robert Zermeckis taught her how to play the song on the guitar. So it's pretty easy there song. You go. I mean, also, they could have just dubbed it in post. Like She could have just moved her hand. But. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Um, also, Billy Zane should definitely be in this group that's, like, assaulting. That's, like, <laughs> that's like yelling at her. That's uh, Billy Zane's role in uh, in Zemeckis <laughs> movies, and and that's why they throw the drink at her leg instead of her face, so they wouldn't have to keep reapplying her makeup, and they could reshoot it quicker. Uh, I like it. Economical filmmaking. Yep, there it is. So, um, Jenny abandons that guitar after they're outside the club. She no longer owns that guitar because she just hitches a ride to wherever. Yeah, she doesn't have the guitar with her. I wonder if it was Amber Flame's guitar. Joe, you have you have some Jenny questions. What's Do we? This, what's going on with this character? Like, what are okay. like? It, this sucks. <laughs> like, she just merely exists to be like this awful like train wreck with no real depth. Like, all she does is just uh, like weave in and out of Forest Life. Uh, as this sort of flat one-dimensional caricature of whatever darkness is in that period. Yeah. So she's, um, as the filmmaker, I mean, as the Zemeckis, I think has put it is, is, is forest is like, you know, America gone, right. I guess, or like American dream, right. You got your military, you got, you know, football entrepreneurship, Mm-hmm. Of all the things that like shrimp, the, the the bright side of America during all this era, yeah. uh, and then Jenny is the dark side. Jenny is the the drugs and the sex and the things suicide that didn't go. attempts, the the soulless, uh, all... like without she like she doesn't have a purpose really, right? Like we don't really know what she's trying to do ever, except well, just it's it's just so empty and manipulative. Like especially when she's like talks about jumping off that bridge, it's like this is unearned and manipulative and frankly extremely off-putting for me because the subtext of this entire movie is people who are aimless and don't know what to do with themselves are bad except that forest is aimless right well yes but forest as i've said says yes to everything and he says yes to everything that you just said about america yeah yeah. Whereas Jenny says no to things about America and questions things and gets what she deserves. She's miserable the entire movie. 
she is miserable all the time. I mean, so far we've seen her get sexually abused by her father, hinted at, go live with her uh, poor as dirt grandma as Forrest and his mom are living in like a 8,000 square Scar- foot house. Scarlett O'Hara's house. Yeah. Um, and then what do we see her after that? We see her. Um, well, then she gets kicked out of college. Yes. Well, that's because she posed nude for pictures. Right. But she, well, so she gets into college and gets kicked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just becomes kind of a busker, you know, vagabond for a while. Mm-hmm. That's where it's she's just, at, it's just that. And I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I get the way that I, obviously I understand the way that they're using her, but there's also like all of these pot, like not a lot of them, but there's some like positive things that are totally unexplained and unremarked upon. Like, well, how did she get in what looked like a pretty darn nice school to begin with? I, well, I mean, you we know, like, like, like all yeah. of it, her life is just presented as this series of complete train wrecks. But then they do have these glimpses uh, where it seems like some things must have been going right for, or at least that she must be talented. Like, uh, like, so, so we, she gets into that school, but the only time we see her there is when someone's like maybe date raping her in a car, and then yeah. uh, she like tugs off Forrest in front of her roommate <laughs> into her roommate's <laughs> Afghan. <laughs> So like, I I just think it's like it just makes me feel icky. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It just makes me feel. No, icky. I mean I, I think you're right. the The problem is both Forrest and her. Like, she is just played as like I said. Just well, look at what look what happens. If everything bad happens to you, and it like it sucks because there's what? no like why does it have to happen all to her. And and would this movie be worse or would it not work if like he just ran runs into her by chance and like positive things are happening for like why can't she just be in the in a coffee shop like they call her the beatnik beauty yeah I have questions just just like does that still what's beatnik about her I, I I don't know that's a that's a whole like thing and I, this is ignorance on my part but I guess I just don't really know much about beatnik culture. I guess I'm probably dumb and wrong, but it seems like by the time this scene would have happened, hasn't that stuff already been totally played out? Or is that the point, is that the, uh, the host guy doesn't understand well, it? part of it, and I think I've said this before, part of what's frustrating about this is this is a political movie made by people who have only a tangential grasp of this era. Um, I don't, like, I feel like uh Zemeckis and uh why can't I think of the Eric Roth the screenwriter like I feel like these guys are just like both giant nerds who viewed this era from a prism like and who don't act and never really talk to anyone on whatever end of the spectrum whether they were you know in the army or whether they were a hippie or whatever and it's just it's like they're composing a movie just based on caricatures they've absorbed so why would this movie be would this movie be more affecting if her life was fine or and or we just saw mysterious glimpses of it but she still just kind of was like just kept drifting away like what what if he just wanders into a coffee shop when he's on leave for a weekend or something and she's playing and he listens and it's beautiful and 
he tries to he says the same thing like i love you and she's just like uh well i'm not staying bye and then I she think... leaves like she, he always like wanders into these moments where she's just being just horrifically like uh abused and mistreated by men and i i don't understand why why that's necessary why her character has to just be this blank slate of misery and yeah, I don't know why the counterculture work. has to always be like why I mean, the counterculture and this is always terrible. I mean, I think the answer to that is just that's the culture of movies and the culture of especially American popular culture. I mean, think about, you know, think of like the all the movie romances that are really, really big. It usually involves, you know, the man helping or saving a woman in some way like the thing about Casablanca you know probably the penultimate or the ultimate romance like that's about a man helping a woman in trouble or mm-hmm. even like Breakfast at Tiffany's while not as clear-cut is about like a man trying to you know help or fix or save like I mean that's what American popular culture romance is it's you know men stepping in and saving or helping yeah Yeah. the active agents of change and women are passive and helpless i I get that i guess and uh okay so i guess maybe uh the best way to ask this question is do you think like forrest gump as a film is like more egregious in in this sort of dynamic than most movies from that era or can we say like well it's a product of its time like for me (sighs) because of the consistent like misery and filth that they put that character through for no reason uh, I, makes make just makes it feel it makes it more difficult for me to like set aside that problematic stuff due to context i think that it is all the more egregious because of the 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 politicalization of it because yeah forest is obviously what would be considered you know conservative or true american or whatever and jenny is equated with 60s early 70s liberalism and hippie beatnik whatever and just suffers for it and i think that that compounds it yeah i i agree i mean i i, I don't like i said i don't understand why every time we see her she, she doesn't have to, why does she have to be miserable every time why can't there just be a, an ounce of nuance in what's happening. Sometimes things are going well with Jenny. Sometimes they aren't. Like, like, Doesn't like. Sometimes she does stuff that's actually legitimately cool. Like she's like helping out the Black Panthers. Yeah, <laughs> not, that's yeah, awesome. Yes, yeah. You're and right, then like does. that scene is just like, <laughs> well, that. Well, we'll get to that later. That's the scene that makes me the angriest in this movie. Yeah, that scene um, is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's a. I, I think it's a fair point. I mean, because we, you know, they go on this bridge, and they have this argument, and and even this, I I, I agree with what you're saying because, you know, Forrest tells he tells her he loves her, and she just kind of just dismiss dismisses it and him, and then just gets all, instantly gets starts all pissy, being, and then it's like, oh, sorry, I'm gonna go to Vietnam now. Sorry. <laughs> Well, even uh, before be that, f- she's like, oh, why don't we just do some suicidal ideation here? And you're like, what? <laughs> and then, like, it's just, like, all this stuff. Like, just suddenly, he's just like, well, maybe I'll just jump off this bridge. And then he's like, <laughs> then he, he, she's like, well, I'm going to go. And he's like, I'm going to Vietnam <laughs> later. I, like, like, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, to, uh, so I, I should just say, um, I, I will t- tell 
you guys the same thing that she tells him when he um, reveals that. I, I love both of you guys. Um, run away. And also, yeah, if you are ever go to war, please just run away at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I would run away from the plane going to the war. <laughs> <laughs> there is a deleted scene here, guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, where... <laughs> The person in the car. Does Rosie oh, Park show no. up or something? Like she gets it's, raped hitchhiking? No, no, no. It's actually Mick Jones from Foreigner. Oh, not and the cool Mick Jones? No, Mick Jones from Foreigner. And she uh, she tells him about what happened to Forrest and that he doesn't know what love is. Yeah, no, are you kidding? He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, I am. He's fun. <laughs> he's so, Okay, so then follow-up question. Did you forget which band Mick Jones was in? Is there a Mick Jones in Foreigner too? There's a Mick Jones in Foreigner. Oh, okay, because Mick I, Jones I, is in who, The Clash too. So there's yeah. two. I didn't know that there's two yeah. Mick Jones. You wrote, I, I want to know what love is. I want you to of, show me. A lot of Jones in the world. Yeah. yeah. All right. A lot of Mick's. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's our first racial slur. Yeah, we've, we've, <laughs> lost the, we've lost the Irish listenership. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. No, so let's that's talk about not true, but it should have been. Let's talk about hitchhiking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we've ever addressed this topic before. I've never done it. I would be too afraid to. But absolutely. Uh, yeah. But but it seems to have been like in certain parts of the world, perhaps still. But it and all I really know of it is from movies. But it seems like something people genuinely did a lot. What what's going on with hitchhiking? Uh, I don't I don't think it's any coincidence that the golden age of hitchhiking and the golden age of serial killing were yeah. more or less the same. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. You know who should have picked her up? It should have been uh, the dude from Mindhunter. Yeah, <laughs> that would yeah. She she had this idea for five minute abs and just needed someone to tell her about, tell about it. Mark, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I remember seeing hitchhikers and this must have been like 30 years ago but yeah you don't see much hitchhiking now probably a good thing well yeah do you know anyone who's done it not under 50 like (laughs) yeah i don't know any i mean like with cell phones you don't really need to be hitching a ride anywhere anymore it's true i mean you get it's you get murdered you just use an app now yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I remember growing up all the time um, early on in my life from my, my, my dad being like, when I was younger, I used to hitchhike all the time, but don't do that anymore. It's too dangerous. You don't pick up hitchhikers and you don't hitchhike. At least your so, dad, you know what? Good. At least your dad didn't romanticize it. Cause I, I no. feel like, I feel like that's a very, not even, I mean, some of it's baby boomer, but some of it is also that greatest generation. Like, because there's all that, you know, like Jenny does, or isn't that like Kerouac, where it's just like, yeah, oh, on the just, road. just hitchhike and just go see America, and people, it's like, oh, everything's, you know, everything's so safe nowadays. Like, you know what, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Didn't John Waters do that and write a book about it? He did, yeah. I remember. See, that's the only cool example of hitchhiking. I, and when, I uh, in, in real life, and in movie life, the, the cool example of it is when Pee Wee does it with the giant thumb. I like when uh, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert do it. Oh, and uh, oh yes, it happened one night. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she just this 
this her getting in the car with this guy is super weird because like it just like this whole thing i mean she's about to jump off the bridge and then she's like i just she sees a headlight and it's like well well <laughs> i guess i'll flag this car down and just yep. jump in this car i'd rather go in a car with a complete stranger than spend any in, more time with this guy in fairness it was much more common back then so i i get that she could have gotten her right it I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree. That's very random. Just It's like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Nope, I'm just going to hitchhike. Yep. Bye, Forrest. Thanks for flying. Thanks for coming up to see me, but I don't want to see you. Don't die in Vietnam, please. Which is a country, by the way. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoy when he says that. He says he's going to Vietnam. It's a whole other country. <laughs> well, it's true. You're right, Forrest. It is. Um, You know, before we get any farther, guys... I was going to ask, does anyone have any, uh, since this, this sequence starts out on a, at a little at a strip club, if you will. No. Anyone have any stories they'd like to tell? <laughs> no. No. Because. Um, uh, hold on, let me think. Because strip clubs are sad. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't feel like paying like $8 just for a Coke anymore. I will, I will, I will tell you guys one that I don't think I've said before i don't know oh, um, my, my ears perked up a few years ago i was at a bachelor party and we went to a uh it wasn't really a strip club it was just a bar that had strippers there that night which is what? not the same hmm. thing is this like northwoods deer hunting season kind it's of situation here yeah 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 and okay. uh we go and there's songs playing and there's dancers like th- two or three dancers and uh it was like, oh, it's, you know, $20 a song or I don't know, <laughs> however much for three. And it was a it was a better deal. So I was like, well, I'll just pay for three songs. <laughs> this is a better deal. Okay. So I fork over all this cash and I go in the back room with the stripper and uh, she starts, you know, three songs is a long time, guys. <laughs> that is yeah, a very long time. Too about long. 12, about 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially, what ended up happening is we just talked about TV shows. I think you have told me this story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is this when you just talked about prestige TV with a stripper? <laughs> we talked about, yeah, like uh, Battlestar Galactica and oh, my uh, God. and uh, Firefly. And she suggested oh, I watch uh, uh, Arrow, Green Arrow or Arrow. Was she one and, of the people uh, that Joss Whedon sexually harassed? Is that why she's really don't know. into it? I don't know. But I, by the end of it, I just was like, oh, she seemed really nice. And I, it was the most bizarre. It was the most bizarre experience I've had just because it was just like, there's this girl dancing on you. We're just like chatting about TV shows for 10 minutes. You were, giving you were, each other you were, recommendations. You were like, she's a person. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more like uh, she's a professional uh, dancer who sized you up immediately as a Firefly guy. <laughs> did you get and did quick you get, scan the Wikipedia page? <laughs> no, she knew a lot about Battlestar Galactica. She uh-huh. was into it. Mm hmm. Did you get really so, sad when she talked up the next guy she went to about prestige TV? Uh, well, I don't know. I didn't see. I you know, listen. I think we had a connection. I think she really liked me. 
And uh, <laughs> she recommended some shows, and I actually I don't remember what show it was, but I brought it back. Were you and I told were you my waiting wife, outside the strip club with some DVDs? No, like, no. Hey, hey, but I, I told brought, my wife I brought brought my Firefly DVDs. If you want, to hang on. <laughs> so I'm I'm doing this podcast with my friends, and um, we talk a lot about science fiction stuff. You I could be a guest or something. It. I yeah. thought oh. we had a connection, Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Her candy. name was Jamie, by the way, which. Uh, oh. Yeah, mm. so that's probably probably her real name. That's how close we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, she recommended a show that I actually came home and told my wife about, and we, we started watching it. And I was like, a stripper told me about this show. <laughs> what show was she it? Was, I think it was Arrow. It was okay. We didn't finish it. Mm. So, yeah, that's 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 an interesting scenario. So she didn't have a guitar and play a song, though. It weird. You would have paid her 60 bucks all the same or whatever it was. Yeah, for three songs. Too much. What if you it's paid for, too much money? What if you paid for three songs with Jenny and she just played three Bob Dylan songs, and you just sat there like, oh. <laughs> and the Hurricane was one of them. <laughs> the, the Hurricane. <laughs> jo- like, Joker is... man. <laughs> God, it's going on for a while, Jenny. Um, yeah. Well, this guy, haven't... this guy sounds unfairly prosecuted. <laughs> <laughs> The best way to go through true crime is uh, the the hurricane lap dance. (laughs) Well, I mean, that goes back to this whole sequence. Like, what the hell is happening here with Jenny? Like, are there people who are like, oh, she's a great singer. You should come see her. It's at a topless bar. Do you think, you know, do you you think that there was maybe there was one guy in the audience like, oh, you know, I went to the titty bar and I wasn't really thinking about racism or anything. But, man, (laughs) she got to me. Yeah. Turns out the answer was all around us this whole time. <laughs> uh, do you guys have anything else on uh, this segment of Forrest Gump? Uh, I have some blown in the wind info. Oh, yeah. Joe, music. Joe, Joe can take a nap, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we already said originally, I didn't actually know if it was composed by Dylan because all those folkies just did the same thing over and over and who knows Folkies. who wrote it that, yeah it sounds like you're really excited about it too uh, <laughs> so it was uh it was released as a single in July of 62 uh it was the a side to don't think twice it's all right and a lot of people would think that's a it's a pretty good single I don't mm-hmm. think Joe would but nope I, I recognize that they are impactful songs uh culturally uh, this was from the the album The Freewheelin' Bob Dylan, which, uh, again, I don't think Joe cares, but it had A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, <laughs> Masters of War, Gir- Girl from the North Country. I think those are all Girl good from songs. Girl from North Country's very good. Very good song. Uh, it's A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall is, is on the upper end of that era of Bob Dylan for I me. Think, I think Masters of War is a great protest song. Yeah. Regardless but, of what you think of Dylan's actual politics, which are probably nil to non-existent. Yeah, I guess it that really does genuinely take away like the power of them because he was just so only very, very, very sporadically sort of active from that point forward. So it's like, and it's not like he, you know he got to in, into being like his forties and something, and then he slows down and and then sells out and stuff. It's like he was what, like twenty four when he's like, I'm done with this politics stuff. And then got mad when people brought it up. It's like, well, come on, man, you you kind of put yourself in that box. And even if you don't want to sing about it anymore, like you're still allowed to care about it off the stage and have things to say about it. But whatever. I mean, he, 
there, I don't really think there's any evidence that he's anything but a huge jerk, right? He's just kind of a weirdo. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. really... Um, I know he became Christian for a while and then yeah. not. Um, do you... Do you uh, is, is he extra beloved in does minnesota embrace him as one of your minnesota people or i know that he he hasn't really ever showed any interest in minnesota effing loves him even though he doesn't i mean he has kind of a wishy-washy relationship with minnesota okay i mean he moved out the first chance he got and went to new york and i mean he it's not like Prince who stayed here his entire life and built a yeah. studio. Yeah, it's nothing like Prince. Nothing like Minnesota's love of him is nothing like Minnesota's love of Prince. Uh like occasionally Dylan will do some shows in like Duluth or other like mining towns or things well, it's like he that. He does shows everywhere. <laughs> no, but I mean like he he'll come do some random Minnesota spots, but yeah, it's not he he never really talks up Minnesota, from what I can tell. I mean he doesn't really talk up anything. He's a weird dude. He, like, I don't. I really don't know that much about him personally. Aside from he was, he was, he was born Jewish, became Christian, and now he's not. And his kid is in the Wallflowers. You ever hear someone go to one of his shows and say it was great? Uh, more I've often, more often, I hear it was terrible. Yeah, I should too. I've seen him three times. Oh wow! Which is really funny because <laughs> yes. I was being so mean earlier. But I, I, he does have like six, maybe six albums that I really love. Well, love might be a strong word. But so how is how is it alive? Uh, two out of three times ain't bad. One time, <laughs> yeah. One time bad. Okay. One time mixed bag, and then I saw him one time, and I thought it was great. Okay. Yeah, and that's. I've heard that it really depends on the night, but more often than not, I hear, yeah, he wasn't very good. All right, guys. Any of you have anything else on this segment of Forrest Gump? We going off Jenny. We going off to Vietnam. Yeah. Or Bob Dylan. Yeah. These beatnik beauties are calling it a night. Yep. (laughs) We're going to be on the road. Fly, fly away. Like that bird. (laughs) Happy the days while Till once more they ride high out to sea.